communication is key type thing. And I think it obviously goes deeper than that, but asking a lot of questions, asking how you feel about this situation and also introspectively too, of going like, why was I upset about that situation? And then being vulnerable and telling her what my feelings were, maybe where they were sourced from. So it does take a completely different level of communication to make sure that we're working together in the right way. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I am your host, Yona Weiss. Excited to be here today with another power couple. We've had it a couple times on the podcast, but today we have Daniel and Amanda Rock Roar all the way from Boise, Idaho. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Really good. Yeah. This is our first podcast together, so we're doing great. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, we're on the up and up. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm really excited to be the first. This is a lot of fun. Hopefully this will you know, help you break in to do more because podcasting is amazing. And it's such a great opportunity to get your name out there. Our listeners may have never heard of you before and now they will. And hopefully this will spread to a very wide audience and help you guys, you know, and just help everyone because we're going to learn new things today that I don't know we've ever gotten into before. Because something really interesting about the Rock Roars, besides for, you know, being real estate investors, like pretty much every single guest on this podcast is, you guys own a restaurant, which is pretty cool, right? A bar. And so that's something that's different. I don't think we've ever had a guest, or at least I've never spoken about on the show. So I'd love to get into that a little bit. But before we do, if you wouldn't mind sharing just a little bit about each one of your individual you know, journeys, how you got into real estate, and then maybe afterwards, we can get into what it's like working together as a husband and wife team in real estate, which is really cool also. Okay, I'll start. So I kind of... I was really interested in real estate and I was on the path for taking or owning the bar, but I had bought a duplex. And so I house hacked. I just kind of stumbled into it. I was very interested in it, but I didn't know much about real estate. And so I was alerted to the fact that like I could own a property in my own home and my expenses were only like 200 bucks with utilities. I was like, that's amazing as opposed to a mortgage plus all everything else. And so I did that for like, I think I lived there for seven years and trying to like be as concise as I possibly can with all of that story. But, (laughs) you know, eventually then Amanda actually moved back here from the other side of the country. We dated long distance for a year and a half and Mm -hmm. then moved her back and she moved into that home with me. And shortly after that, I own the bar with my sister. So yeah, technically we own the bar, but it is my business partners with my sister. Mm couple years after that, we purchased the bar. And so we've had it for about two and a half years. And then I'll actually let you kind of take over from there of how we kind of jumped into real estate. Okay. And then I got really like wanting like to move out of that duplex. And so I forced Dan to buy a house and because we were growing our family and I was working in higher education. So I was working at the local university here in Boise and was getting really, really burnt out. I was almost there for 10 years mm-hmm. and COVID happened and we were pregnant with our first child. And so I had, we had COVID and then I was on maternity leave. So I had this baby and I was realizing like, I didn't want to go back to work. 
but I didn't really not want to work. So I actually took an online course and Dan was like, sure, we'll pay for an online course. I was thinking about teaching English as a second language online. And then he's like, are you sure you really want to work? Because at that time the bar was closed down. And that was the first time we realized that the bar was not COVID proof, pandemic proof. And that was our income coming in. But we realized that the duplex was still making some money. And that was kind of when Dan introduced real estate to me. He was like, I kind of want to do this. I've been wanting to do this for years. Then he gave me the Burr book and he introduced me to Bigger Pockets. Uh, David Green Burr book. Yes. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting because I didn't pay attention to anything about our home purchase. So it was just kind of like over my head. And I read this book and I was like, okay, if you want to do this, I really trust Dan. And I started reading a bunch of books got the real estate bug and we bought our first property. So at that time, that was probably May when he introduced Bigger Pockets in the Burr book. And by November of that year, we bought our first fourplex. Awesome. So that's kind of what kickstarted it. And then I wanted to leave my job. And so he was like, let's buy three properties and you can leave your job. And I was like, deal. (laughs) I love a goal. And so we were almost in contract with our third property. And that's when I left my job and became a full-time real estate investor. That's so cool. And so up to this point, how many doors altogether does the portfolio currently equal? 16. I think think. 16. Yeah. We have two in Boise, which all of our properties are small multi. So they're duplexes. And then we have one fourplex. Then we have three in Mountain Home, which is just like 35 minutes away from Boise. So it's kind of a suburb of Boise. And then we actually have two out of state in Oklahoma City. Oh, cool. All right. Well, and so they're you know, pretty much residential properties. I figured you guys got the, you know, follow the Burr method, right? The buy, rehab, rent, whatever, renovate. I don't know what do we call rehab, renovate, refinance repeat. Yeah. And just keep it going. And that's awesome (laughs) that you guys can do that, especially with small multifamily properties. You know, people need places to live. And I imagine with Boise as, as a city that has seen so much growth over the past few years, I mean, it's at the top of the charts every year for the past several years in terms of population growth. I'm sure it's not difficult to find tenants. No, no. All of our properties... A few of them are short-term rentals, but all of them are, except for the one we're rehabbing in Oklahoma City, they're all been occupied pretty much the entire time since we've had them. Mm -hmm. A few little hiccups here and there, but for the most part, uh, that's awesome. So was the equation like have enough cash flow to be able to cover expenses or whatever your income was from your job previously, Amanda, that now we could go all in? Yeah, I smile because like when we first started this, Dan's very analytical. And so he's like, okay, if we're cash flowing this much divided by your income from your W-2 job, this is how many properties we would need in order to cover your job. And that was like 30 or 50 properties. Yeah, it was a lot of properties. I remember writing it on a piece of paper and I was like, there's no, okay, 30 to 50 properties. That's a lot. Well, and we <laughs> invest very defensively too. So we... I feel like use cash flow freely. And so we like to call it pure cash flow. I think we didn't come up with that. Bigger pockets did. So we take out all the assumables like vacancy, CapEx, everything we possibly can. And that's why I think it was so many properties. Yeah, it was so many properties with that. And then it kind of got us thinking a little bit more creatively. That was when we had all long-term rentals and Boise was growing so much. And we started seeing all these Airbnbs pop Mm -hmm. up. And that's kind of when we were like, oh, maybe Airbnbs would be an option for us. And that increased our cash flow a little bit. And it kind of got us even closer 
And so then we kind of started to see the potential and I was working from home. And so Dan was saying how many hours I was working for my other job. And he was like, well, if you could take all those hours and put it into our real estate, we could probably grow a lot faster. And, And that was very true. And so at that point, it was an opportunity cost for us. If I stayed in my job longer, then we would not be able to grow our business as right. soon. Plus, you probably didn't factor in the tax benefits that come along with that, meaning having that cash flow and you know with enough depreciation to actually offset that income and not have to pay taxes on it. It's probably a, a good thing to add to the equation. Correct. And what's amazing is that I got exposed to you from a podcast just like this of a friend of ours. And then you helped me with the cost segregation study for the bar. And then we realized after paying so much money in taxes from the bar making good money in 2019, then yes, the cost segregation helped with that. But then buying all these other properties, we went from paying like $27,000 in income taxes to paying zero money in income taxes, which is amazing. And our net worth went up. So it's like a best of all worlds type of thing. That's awesome. And the more time you put into it, and I think it is a lot of a mindset thing as well. You know, when you just focus all in and realize that you can do it, you know, you can grow so much faster. At the time of this recording, the episode hasn't released yet, but by the time this recording is released, uh, an episode that I did with a woman by the name of Tammy Ricci, we just recorded and she talked about growing her portfolio, literally 10Xing it in like six months by just power of mindset and going to this Maui mastermind with Brandon Turner. And she literally went from like, I don't remember how much it was, like 10 doors to over a hundred. You know, yes, one of those was like a large multifamily property that she syndicated, but the power of just being able to kind of break free and realize, okay, I'm in this full time. We can do this. We can focus and just grow organically. That's pretty awesome. Someone was telling me it was kind of like burning your lifeboat. So when I left my job, because at that point I was one foot out the door, one foot like into another door. And so I was trying to divide my time. And I was a new mom at that time. And once I left that job, I like burnt my boat and I was like, nope, there was only one direction I was going and that was going to make our business survive Mm -hmm. and succeed and thrive. And so that was the feeling of like, I have to go forward. Can't go back now. hundred percent. Well, and what's even more crazy is like, so that duplex that I bought, what was it? Eight years ago, I bought it for $178,000 in Boise, Idaho. And then just once we dove into this full time, we did a cash out refi for that. And the property appraised for, it was it? 490? No, 590. So we did a cash out refi with that much. And so that's beyond the power of saving money or making that cash flow we cashed out that money and off of just a pure appreciation. Mm-hmm. So that equated to, I think like $37,000 every year that we got paid. If I spread that out over the eight years of getting paid just off of appreciation. And that is literally that and our primary home of pulling out a HELOC is what funded all of our properties that we've bought and plus having some partners too. That's the power of That's real so estate. awesome. Yeah. So it's really, I mean, mm-hmm tapping into the resources that you already have. I think that's an amazing thing. I think a lot of people think, oh, you need to have investors and you need to have you know millions of dollars to invest in real estate. And there's a lot of these misconceptions. They're really probably just lack of education or excuses or a combination of many factors. But it sounds like you guys did it in a very conventional way and very organically growing this portfolio. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And like, so I've seen it a couple of times where people say that you can't do a burr process without 
taking out a hard money loan, taking on a lot of risk. And some of those hard money loans are 10 to 12% interest only. And then with like a balloon payment or something, we've bought every property except for one with a conventional 30-year fixed so that we had a good, if interest rates did change, which they did, Mm -hmm. then we were still okay. It was a fixed 30-year term at a really low interest rate. But we just had the only caveat was we had to season it for six months on those conventional loans. But since being new investors, we didn't have a bunch of resources with general contractors. And so most of our properties, it actually took about six months to rehab them anyway. We did get a little lucky because the market didn't shift too quickly. And so it didn't burn our bridge too quickly, but it was also a safer bet. 100%. That's awesome. And I mean, to think you, I mean, just to put that in perspective, you know, maybe it is in your cards down the road to tap into some of those other resources that you would be able to actually use some private money or some hard money loans to, you know, to buy more properties. I mean, obviously it all has to do with when the opportunities come, right? You find the opportunities, you figure out a way to make it happen. I think your comfort level too, like we are way more comfortable taking on those riskier loans now, now that we know what we're, right. what we're doing. Yeah. We moved to like a DSCR lender. And so we're a lot more comfortable lending from them and we're trying to move into more private money. And so I think the more we start to use and I guess, just get more tools in our tool belt, we'll feel even more comfortable and we can always lean back on the conventional. Sure. And there's so many resources out there. I mean, I know tons of people doing that. And actually, Bigger Pockets is just putting out a new book on private lending coming out shortly, if it hasn't yet come out. So I'm not sure. <laughs> Me. I don't think so. Probably yet. soon. <laughs> so is the bar back open? Has it reopened? And are you seeing success again from that? Yeah, it's actually... I had a theory that with COVID shutting down, that it was almost going to be like the roaring 20s again, where people were going to be cooped up forever, and they're just going to want to party. <laughs> and that's... To a point, that's kind of been the case. Like we had a really big uptick in 2021 and we're seeing some great numbers this year as well. So before COVID hit, we were planning on some big renovations. My sister and I had a really cool vision for the bar, but we couldn't do anything because we didn't own it. And so then once we owned it, we started, we want to do that, but then COVID hit. So we put a big halt on things, told our architects, hold off everything. We can't, we're going to be shut down, but now we're doing that. So we're about a month and a half into our renovations on our patio and spending like $350,000 to renovate the whole space, but it's going to look really cool. So yeah, it's going really well. That's awesome. Yeah. We even did like a crowdfunding through a company called Honeycomb to raise the funds for that. And so we have pretty much investors locally funding a project for us. So that's that's very cool. Yeah, we have to get the community involved. Yeah. yeah, we have 37 private investors that invested anywhere from $100 up to $10,000. That's so cool. So. That's really cool. You know, yeah. you have local business and I'm sure it's something that people, you know, attend. They come to the bar like, wow, we'd love this place to <laughs> have a part in it to make it better. That was the kind of the goal behind it. I went through many different stages trying to find some of the funding for this. A lot of hours building spreadsheets and just pulling what little hair I have left out (laughs) from that. But then we landed on this and it was crazy because it's just a random email that was like an ad that came in, but the way it was worded just appealed to me. I was like, okay, you caught me. I'll bite. I'll check into this. And then it kind of evolved from there. But then it was like, how can we get people vested into our success Mm -hmm. that are local that will come back and just like be 
our biggest cheerleaders and right. it's working so far. I mean, we'll see once we get renovations done, if we see an uptick in sales because of that, but it seems like it. Well, you'll never know until you try. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think people like something like that. Obviously has a lot to do with the market and what's out there, which I have no idea, but you know, I wish you a lot of success with that. That's really exciting. But what's most amazing to me, I think I don't get enough people like you guys who are husband and wife, who are couples that are actually working together in the business and on the business. But what's that dynamic like? I mean, do you guys have, I would hope, and I'm just assuming have different, you know, strengths that, you know, kind of pull to the business that help you work together? Take that one. Yeah, sure. (laughs) That's Um, that's actually something we talked about in our meetup this last Sunday, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's kind of funny because when Dan and I started dating, like we both have experience, like seeing our parents own their own business and run their businesses in different ways. For my family, we actually ended up filing bankruptcy. And so when I saw that, I was like, there's no way I'm going into business with my partner. And so Dan kind of had his own experience as well. And so when we first started dating, we're like, there's no way we're ever going to work together in that capacity. We'll be great lovers. We'll be great parents, but that's it. And then here we are running a business together. And honestly, like, I don't know who would be my better partner. Because like you said, there's so many different strengths that Dan has. He's very analytical. He's a questioner. So he likes to ask a lot of questions, kind of feel like poking holes, but then it gets us into a better product. And for me, I'm definitely more a visionary person. I think I was like, I think I kickstarted our investing. I read that one book. I was like, let's go. We got to do it which is typically not always my nature. Which is crazy because she read the one book and she's like, let's go. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to read like 10 more books here to make sure. I was more analyzing. She's like, nope, we're going right now. Yeah, because I was like, we got to learn as we go and we got to do this. And like I said, I was going to burn my boat. And so I had no other choice. And so, yeah, we definitely have learned a lot about each other. I think we've become better parents, better communicators. I mean, you love hard and you play hard, you work hard. And so we've definitely learning to navigate how do we build some of those boundaries between our personal and our work life. We make rules like we don't have meetings about work after seven o'clock. That's very cool. So there's things like that, that we're learning as we go. And because we're good at getting to communicate with one another, I think we're getting better at determining what our needs are between the business and our personal life. That's awesome. I think it's taken definitely some hard conversations, but you know, it's like the cheesy thing, like communication is key type thing. And I think it obviously goes deeper than that, but asking a lot of questions, asking how you feel about this situation and also introspectively too, of going like, why was I upset about that situation? And then being vulnerable and telling her what my feelings were, maybe where they were sourced from. So it does take a completely different level of communication to make sure that we're working together in the right way. Absolutely. And it sounds like it takes your marriage to a whole new level also through that. For sure. Yeah. We've taken personality tests like DISC. We've done like the four tendencies, like different things so that it gives us language to talk to one another about each other's different personalities. That's great. I think it's so important. So anyone listening to this that is, you know, interested in getting involved with their spouse in investing, I think there's some great resources here. I hope you pick up on that. And one other thing I wanted to ask you about is you mentioned briefly you had a meetup and you told us before the show that you did a couples real estate investing meetup. So tell me how that got started and you know what's the goal with that? You're going to take that one away. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I started run another local meetup through the real estate investor group and I was just learning so much and connecting with so many women. I would come home and tell Dan about 
everything that happened. I was super sure. jealous. And he would get really jealous and we would just like, he would be really excited. He's like, when am I going to get to come to one of these meetups? And I was like, oh, well, it's really, our focus is women supporting other women. And he was like, okay, okay. And then we started just learning a lot more about each other. And I was like, well, what if we have our own meetup? Mm. And so it's kind of been in the works for the last year and finally pulled the trigger and decided, okay, let's host one at our home. And at that point, every single time I went to my meetup, I would meet all these women and they would talk about their partners, their husbands. And I was like, well, you should come to our meetup. And so it kind of became like a funnel for our meetup. But we were also doing so many double dates, so many lunch, so many coffee dates with these couples that like our time, we have two kids and it was taking up a lot of time. And so this Mm -hmm. meetup was another way to kind of condense all of that. And we realized there was a huge local need for that with couples trying to find other couples who love talking about real estate as well. And like, I always joke how our friends that are not in real estate, whenever we started talking about it, they would just like over their heads. (laughs) They're like, can you talk about something else? And so we created a safe space for other couples (laughs) to feel like they can talk about real estate just like us and no one would care. That's so cool. That's awesome. Well, the time has flown over here by, and I, but I do want to get to what we call the final four. These are four questions I ask all my guests, and this is going to be fun because when we have couples, well, at least once before, but this is going to become a new thing. So when we have couples, we like to do the newlywed game. You guys aren't entirely newlywed, but this is going to be a great opportunity for you to figure out how well you really know each other. So I'm going to ask Dan to please leave the room and we'll call you back. <laughs> In a second, when we get through these questions. Okay. All right. Amanda is up. Okay. Okay. So first I'm going to ask you your questions. Oh, okay. All right. And so we'll get your answers. Okay. And then I'm going to try to jot them down also. So I'm making sure I remember. And then we're (laughs) going to ask you what you think Dan's questions, answers to these same questions would be. And then we'll do the same thing for him. Okay. And we'll bring you back and see how well you guys did. Okay. Okay. So first question, and this is for you, is what's the worst job that you ever had? My worst job was, like I said before, my parents owned a restaurant or a Mm -hmm. business and it was a family restaurant. And I worked literally every single job from the bus boy to the host, to the waitress, to clean everything. That probably would be it. Okay. Second question. What's a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? And I think we may have already talked about it, but either way, why don't you tell me? So many, but the one thing would be my my big Mm. one. Mm -hmm. Okay. One thing, Dan Sullivan, that's an awesome one. Okay, third question. What's a skill or talent that you would like to learn? And this could be anything. Okay, I hope he gets this right because (laughs) I'm very surprised. I love Latin dancing. So I hope he would say something around like Latin dance, like salsa or bachata. Very cool. Awesome. You're actually not the first person that said that. So very cool. (laughs) And fourth and final question. What does success mean to you? For me, it's living my life on my own terms but also being able to help others be able to do the same thing. Okay. I love that answer. Just helping others, you know, and living in your own terms, obviously is what it's all about. Not being subject to someone else's clock. Very cool. Okay. So I'm going to, the difficult thing is you're going to have to try to think of these four questions. What do you think that Dan would answer? Okay. So first question, what do you think his worst job ever was? It's so hard. He's always sees the positive. So like anything worse, I'm going to guess maybe working for his parents, like he was moving a lot of motorcycles back and forth. His parents used to own like a Harley shop Mm. and he would have to like drive these bikes around. I don't know. Maybe that would be his job. 
we'll take that. We'll get that. We'll see what he says. What do you think his book would be? That would be a paradigm shift. Who, not how. Who, not how. Awesome. Another very popular one on this show. And third, what skill or talent would he like to learn? Oh man. I feel like he would say the same thing about dancing. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. I think he would hopefully. I really hope so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. We will. And then what do you think his version of success means? I would say being able to achieve financial freedom to do his adventures. He's like a huge adrenaline junkie. Mm. He loves to race cars. He loves to speed fly. He's going to be so mad at me for saying that wrong. But yeah, he loves all that stuff. Okay. Very cool. Well, I'm glad we got all this. I'm going to call Dan. Would you call Dan back in and then (laughs) you'll take your turn out of the room. We'll bring you back when he's finished. All right. We got Dan back. Well, she gave her answers and she gave the answers that she thinks that you would say. So what we're going to do is ask you the same thing. First, your answers to the four questions, and then what you think her answers would be. It's a little hard, but we'll get it out this way so that come together, we can get it all out in front. What is the worst job that you ever had? Let's see. The worst job I ever had was door-to-door sales, which I learned so much from that job. And there was a lot of good things that I can look back on that I loved, but it was excruciating going from 9am in the morning till sometimes 10pm at night, knocking on 350,000 doors. It felt like that was a tough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a hard one. Okay. Second question. What's a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? Who not how is definitely that one because I guess I just come from the thought process from my parents of like, you do everything yourself and there's some pride in that and getting other people to help me with that. And they're probably some of them are better than that, than I am and utilize my skills in a better manner and it helps you scale. So hundred percent. Yeah. That's a very popular book on this show. Also, a lot of our guests have brought that up. So guys, if you're listening to this and you haven't yet read Who Not How, make sure to check it out. We're going to put it in the show notes. Third question for you, Dan, what is a skill or talent that you would like to learn? Creative financing would be mine. I I feel like I connect pretty well with people. And so far on the deals that we purchased, I'm removed a little bit because we've had realtors and stuff. And so I want to be able to talk to the owners. I want to learn those tools. I have that in my tool belt of learning how to make the deal work for them and also for me and have all, just know all that type of stuff. Very cool. And those are yeah extremely important tools to know. And you can get a lot of deals done if just having some of those tools to finance it creatively. Okay. So last and final question, what does success mean to you? My younger years, if I was 21, success meant money in my bank account and like, give me that money. But now I've realized that money doesn't mean anything if you don't have the time to utilize it or use it. And so it'd be time freedom. I know that's probably a common answer, but I've got two kids. I want to spend time with them and I want to go do the things that I want to do. I don't want to just be stuck in a nine to five job forever. So it'd be time freedom. Awesome. What types of things would you want to do once you have that time freedom or that you do have now? What kind of... I mean, right now it'd be just like making sure that I'm always available to do those things with my kids. But then again, I want to get back into, I haven't done it for a long time of doing some of the extreme sports that I used to do of motorcycle racing and speed flying. And I do one rally a year with my dad, the Baja 1000 or the Mexi 1000. And I'd like to really get back into that. Very cool. That's awesome. Okay. So before we bring Amanda back in, I want to ask you what you think, and this is going to be hard, 
what you think her answers to these four questions would be. So first question was, what is the worst job you think she ever had? You know, I think it was probably her job at BSU with the housing, even though she probably learned a lot again, but it was very tough for her psychologically, emotionally. And so maybe that one, hopefully. Okay. All right. We'll let you know if you're right or not when she comes back in. Second, what was the book that gave her a paradigm shift or has given her? Either Rich Dad, Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki or Who Not How. I think that if it's probably Who Not How, because we really try to embody that and use that time blocking and use that in within our life. And she's definitely a, like a multitasker. And so I think that focusing on one thing to project you or propel you into the bigger picture is probably it. But I know that Robert Kiyosaki changed her mindset so much on money. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, both are great answers. We'll see what she said. And then what's a skill or talent? And this could be anything that you think she would like to learn. Oh, and I've forgotten these questions. So I wasn't prepared for that one. <laughs> I was sitting there in the other side of the room going like, what's that third question? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know she's expressed interest in creative financing. We've talked about that quite a bit. I'm going to go with that one. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll see. All righty. We'll see if you're sleeping on the couch or not. No, I'm just kidding. And then the fourth and final question, what does success mean to you? What we asked her, what do you think her answer would be? I think it's honestly like it's time freedom as well. Having the ability to do whatever she wants. I know she wants to travel. She's mentioned many, many, many times that she wants to live abroad and go live in a foreign country for a month and to the ability oh, wow. to be able to do that. So Okay. Well, bring Amanda back in and let's see how you guys did. We'll wrap this up. All righty. And the newlywed couple is back. <laughs> Good thing we're both fully ready, not just Zoom ready, because I didn't anticipate like... Oh, uh, yeah. I thought <laughs> about right. wearing sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I have something on, you know? <laughs> All right. So, guys, this was a little difficult. I will admit, this is not an easy thing to do. I've done it a couple of times before, like I said. And, you know, you guys did pretty well, I will say. Not 100% but no one gets 100% on this. So the first question we asked is, what is the worst job that you ever had? Amanda, what was yours? Working at a parent's restaurant, doing like all all that stuff. Got that one wrong. (laughs) All right. So Dan said it was when you're working at BSU in student housing or something like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and it was, I told him it wasn't necessarily the job because you loved a lot of the people, but it was some of the things that happened. Yeah. You see a lot of things when you're working with students, <laughs> especially when you're living with them in different ways. You, mm. you see the good and you see the bad. Right. Absolutely. And so for Dan, what was the worst job you ever had? I said door-to-door sales. Oh, I thought about that because I said you always see the good in things, but yeah. you were probably thinking like you learned so many different things from it. You probably said something like that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I said, remember you were talking about moving motorcycles around and you had to drive these long distance for your parents for the Harley shop? Oh, I mean, it wasn't long distance, but oh. that was kind of fun because oh. like at that time... <laughs> I was looking at it like, man, I'm getting paid just to drive across town. This is awesome. And I'd be with my buddy and we'd eat chips. It was cool. (laughs) Whoops. All right. Well, we'll come back to that one later. Book that's given you a paradigm shift. Amanda, you said for yourself, you said The One Thing by Dan Sullivan. And Dan, interestingly enough, Dan said that he thought the paradigm shift for you, and there could be several books, were number one, Reach Dad, Poor Dad. That's, yes. And also, who, not how. Mm, oh, but interesting enough, no, he said. Oh no, I said 
I said mine was who not how, but hers. I, I know you said, but you said, but then in describing who not how, he was talking about the one thing. Oh, you so might, he's pretty bad at like remembering titles to things. So I could totally see you. That's true. They might have like just frost in my head and right. Yeah. yeah, I think he got it right. I think he was correct because I figured he, because he was describing the one thing and he said, who not now? Because he had just said, who not now for himself, which is exactly the right answer that oh. she said for you. So we got that right. I thought I must have said who not how for her, but I meant the one thing in my head. I know. Because you described it. You actually said, you said the one thing wow. and you were describing it. And it was like, okay, he means the one thing. So you guys got that right. Both of you guys got it right. I was for trying each other. to interpret your looks when I was saying that. I was like, I feel like maybe I got it wrong, but no, I just said it wrong. So. <laughs> uh, all right. So the skill or talent that you would like to learn, Dan, we're going to start with you this time. What did you say your answer? was creative financing oh all right creative financing i took it more personal in terms of and i said like salsa dancing or lap dancing i didn't take it i was more business wise but (laughs) all right so you guys got that you probably got it both right because you probably both want that thing so he said creative financing and he said that for you also and you said latin dancing you said for him also so probably you guys (laughs) both want to do both but clearly Dan, she wants to go dancing. Yeah. So if that's not a hint. Well, we thought we <laughs> I don't know what salsa is. dance for our wedding and we love to do salsa dancing too. We actually just this last weekend had like a five hour boot camp for salsa dancing too. So oh wow. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the fourth and final question we asked is what does success mean to you? And Amanda said living my life on my own terms and being able to help other people as well. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty much pretty online. I think Dan focused more on the time freedom, right? Time freedom. But when I dug into it, which is really interesting because Amanda said you would like to get back into some, you know, racing and, you know, extreme stuff. And that's exactly what he said that he would, you know, do if he had some more time for you. So you guys, you got that right on. and. By the way, Dan did add that he wanted to, that you, Amanda, wanted to do some travel and maybe live in another country at some point. So I think the time freedom will give you guys the ability to do that. This has been an amazing experience. I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys did too. Thanks so much for joining me. And before we go, where can our listeners find you or reach out to you? I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Daniel Rock Roar. And I'm on Instagram as well, Amanda Rock Roar 23 or Facebook, but definitely more active on Instagram. Apparently there's other Amanda Rockmores. So <laughs> I just like the number. I like the number 23. <laughs> That's my birthday, Michael Jordan. So I just put numbers on it. Just, I don't know All why. Right. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I hope you guys have much continued success together and, you know, great to hear from you. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. And to our listeners, you guys have been great listeners. Thank you for joining once again. And remember the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I wanna ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review, I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.